Good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Thanks for being here tonight. We got kind of a double header show here today. We had one show planned. That's still going to happen. We're going to, but we had a bunch of break-ins last night um, over in Springfield at the Paramount Center, like this over there off of Main Street. Um, some dumbass uh, went in and uh, I can say that because it's my show. Um, went in and busted up a bunch of windows, uh, stole some stuff from Todd's place, uh, broke the front door windows at the Busy Bee, uh, broke into the LK Mon Western Wear. Um, and this is all over social media and people are really, 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 really angry about it. And uh, I got tagged enough. And unfortunately, the owners of the Busy Bee and I are becoming good friends, not because I don't want to be friends with them, but because this is the second time that a dumbass has done this to them. The last time they broke out all the windows in the front, this time they broke out all the windows on the side. In fact, let me show you what that looks like, just so you kind of know. We got some pictures here. So this is the damage. Uh, that's the front door um, that our nice person did. Um, oh, and they stole Mountain Dew. But the good news is they did clean up after themselves. This is the police. Uh, they're checking the place. And this is inside. Um, is And Carla, is that your place? Just nod your head. Is that yours? Yeah. Okay. That is the, uh, under the cash register and everything. Um, no money was taken though from the busy bee, but there was money taken from other places. So, um, I'm going to pull that out. I want to also remind you that our show tonight is sponsored by Any Lab Test Now, Eugene. Uh, they do over 8,000 different tests, um, everything from STDs to testosterone to estrogen levels to you know, uh, diabetes, um, insulin levels, testosterone levels, um, everything. And they also do COVID testing, not uh, the actual COVID test, but the antibodies and some of the tests you need to go on travel and on trips. Uh, so they're located off of Garfield. We could not do this without them. And one thing I want to throw out there just for you, comment in this section why you deserve it. They're giving away two $50 gift cards to uh, Long Timber Brewing in Monroe. It's a super cool place. And they're giving away two $50 gift cards. So all you have to do is write in the comment section why you should get them. I'll pick somebody by the end of the week and you will win one of those $50 gift cards. Now, um, our other sponsor is Renegade Barbershop. I just got a haircut today. We're doing something a little different here. And Renegade, I'm going to play a little video on the side here. They always put music that's that I can't play because otherwise then YouTube won't let me. But this is where I get my haircut. They also do tattoos. Uh, Mario and the gang are awesome. And if you're looking for a barber who will kind of take you to that edge, uh, if, you're looking, if you're a dad and you don't want to have a dad haircut anymore, this is the place to go. Uh, they also do women's hair as well. And again, as I said, TC is one of the more well-known tattoo artists here in Eugene. And they do tattoos upstairs. So now let's get down to business. Uh-oh, I lost Carla. Carla, seriously, you're gone. Um, okay, so here we go. This is when you learn how to punt. Carla, you can go back on that. Um, if you're out there, you can go back on that register and uh, I will try to see if I can find where you left me. Um, <laughs> this is this is live TV. It's just how it works, guys. You just have to hang in there with me for a second. Okay, so I'm gonna go send her another link and we'll get that busy bee back up here. Um, 
this is what I love about television in the old days when it falls apart. Okay, so we're going to send her a new link and see if we get her on there, get her back up. Oh, there she is. Where did you go, my dear? You my escaped. My just disappeared. <laughs> so, you guys, this is Carla. She and her family own the Busy Bee. So, tell people what happened, okay? Well, I got to work this morning and uh, prepared to get the week started. And my windows were broken out in the very front, completely shattered on the ground, missing. And... Called the police, had a really nice fast response time. We got it all cleared, came in. And then we found out later that another uh, business in the Paramount had been hit. And then one just down the street, the other, another restaurant, Todd's, had been hit also. So did they have, it's probably the same people then, right? They, the police said that they have a suspect that they think it is. I think they're working on trying to link as much of it together as they possibly can. Um, but they don't have right now, like for our, our cameras went offline. Um, the Elkaimon, for some strange reason, their cameras went off, which is really weird. Um, we got some footage of some people, um, from another one of the businesses. They have some footage of people, um, going through, going through the Paramount acting suspicious. And so they do have, uh, that's been turned over to the police. So that may help, but then nobody actually caught the actual break in. So you guys, they have a GoFundMe page that they've set up and it's GoFundMe slash F slash Main Street Small Biz. You'll find it. And you guys are do, trying to raise money for all the different business, all, all three that were hit, right? Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to benefit um, everyone. We, we, have, we have an awesome community that takes care of us. They, we love them. They love us back. And um, we just thought, you know, this is a, a section of the community that maybe isn't as, as known as we are. And we can we can help. We can help them, too, because uh, uh, the Todd's actually have their their till and their bank box stolen also. So. So the, the, the other thing people can do, because GoFundMe is great, but they do take a cut so people can. And they did last time. You can drop checks off at each, each one of these places for their fundraising. And, and that's really a great thing to do. Plus, you guys, I will tell you from experience. And from what happened at the Busy Bee last time, when you walk in there and you hand somebody something of yours, money of yours, and you hand it, you physically hand it to them, it makes them, it, it shows them how much you care. And I remember your mom said she just cried and cried because she's had so many people. She saw how important she was to the community because it's easy to say small businesses matter. It's a lot harder to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, it's been a real blessing. I mean, one of my first inclinations was to post it to share with, you know, the people who follow us on Facebook and the outpouring of concern and care and love and just being able to read those things. It was it was very healing very quickly. Yeah, you're, you're, you're feeling a little bit better tonight and all the windows are fixed because the people who fix windows always go to their restaurant. <laughs> That's how it We're works. Very right? <laughs> yeah. Carla, we are so sorry that this happened. Would you give your mom a little hug from me? And um, and you guys go to their page. And if you want to find the GoFundMe, you can find it here. But you can also go to the Busy Bee Cafe Facebook page. And the link is right on there. That's where I got it. And you can go there and find that for them. Okay. Carla, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rick. All right. See you later. 
All right, so we're not done. We got more to talk about. One of the problems that even Carla and their restaurant are having is that in Oregon, we're paying people so much uh, that it's really tough for small businesses and big businesses to find people to work. And uh, last week I was talking to a gentleman who is the Douglas County Commissioner, Chris Boyce. Uh, we've become friends through all this COVID stuff. And uh, Chris, how you doing? I'm great. How are you, Rick? I'm doing well. So tell people you sent a letter to the governor. Talk, talk about that. Yeah. And, you know, the letter that we sent to the governor really just explained to her what we all already know. And I have a hard time believing that she doesn't know as well uh, that that employers in Oregon and, and really not just in Oregon, but actually nationwide uh, are experiencing a severe shortage of available workforce. And, you know, way back in, uh, oh, I think it was March, uh, I started this conversation with the governor and told her that the next big threat to our businesses, you know, after being shut down from COVID and now that we're starting to come out of that and businesses are trying to reopen, uh, is this lack of workforce. And so we know today uh, that we have businesses that are actually closed and out of business for the sole reason of the fact that they couldn't get people to work. Uh, we know other businesses that have uh, limited their hours, you know, restaurants, for example, that used to be open seven days a week for breakfast, lunch and dinner are now, uh, you know, four days a week for lunch and dinner only. And, and there's every variation of that that you can think of. So, again, uh, the next big problem that we're experiencing is a lack of workforce. Uh, and and you also see that car lots are empty. Uh, there's no cars on the lot, shelves in uh, stores are empty. Uh, the supply line for goods all around the globe right now is, is really, really backed up. And in order to fix that problem, we got to just get workers back to work. So that's the gist of it. So how do you do that, though? Because um, I know I know Montana, they took away the extra three hundred dollars um, that the federal government was giving. I think that and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's what it was. And then they gave like an incentive of twelve hundred bucks after you work for four weeks. You had to work four weeks and then they gave. And then there's a ton of states that have been taking away some of that extra incentive. And so people will maybe go back to work. Yeah, And that's exactly what we asked for. And I and I pointed out, you know, and, and I'll give you some examples. You know, I'm I'm a dad of four kids. Uh, I'm an employer. I own two businesses in town and employ Oh, probably right this minute, probably 22 or three employees. Uh, and I've also been yeah, a dog trainer my entire life. And those three different things have taught me that if you incentivize good behavior and you punish bad behavior, uh, you tend to get more good behavior. And so our hope is that we can uh, incentivize the workforce to go back to work. And I think you nailed it when you said some of these other counties or states, I mean, have taken and sort of reversed the unemployment role where instead of paying people an extra $300 a week of federal money to stay home, uh, they're giving them that as a signing bonus to actually get a job and contribute. Uh, and that's, I think that's fantastic. It's a great thing. But, you know, SOWIB, which stands for the Southern Oregon Workforce Investment Boards, one of the agencies that we work with in Douglas County, for economic development recently did a study and it showed that an employer would have to employ somebody at $19 an hour to equal what they're making on unemployment. But, but there's two things about that that people need to understand. Number one, 
uh, is as an employer, if you're going to pay somebody $19 an hour, the true cost to the business with payroll taxes and all the other things uh, is more like $25 an hour. And I don't know very many people who are going to be willing to get up and go work for 40 hours a week for 19 bucks an hour when they can sit at home and get it for nothing. Right. So, so in order to actually incentivize someone to change what they're doing, uh, it realistically costs even more money than that. So we've got a problem there. We're asking the state for help. The good news is, is I, and I just briefly saw a news clip over the weekend uh, that showed the governor and said the headline was something along the lines that she was encouraging people to get back to work. So maybe we made a difference there, and I hope we did. But was she putting any teeth behind that or just saying, please go back to work? Yeah. And, you know, I haven't I didn't get a chance to read the article and I haven't I heard any news to that. So my guess is there's no teeth yet. I don't know if there ever will be, but we'll see. So the other thing I think people don't understand is because, you know, I, I know there's what, what I find interesting is every time you talk to an employment, unemployment or employment official, they first say, well, people are because of daycare you know, and COVID, they don't want to go back to work. And then they list um, all those things first when all I'm hearing from my friends, and I'm not picking on people. I understand if I'm going to make the same $19 an hour staying home as working, you know, that that's, I understand that temptation. And, um, and I get that. I'm not getting down on people for doing that. But at some point, you're destroying other people like Stephen Sheehan and the Elkhorn. They can't, they're closing two days a week. So then that affects more people. There's a ripple effect. And the other sure. thing people don't, the other thing people don't take into account, like you and me are businessmen. Um, I pay like four thousand dollars or more, and I only I don't I only have one employee, my wife, and I have an, other people are self contractors. That's just to be a business in Oregon, just a business. And I think yeah. people think, oh, if you make X amount of dollars, you're bringing all that in. No, I pay four thousand dollars a month just to be a business in insurance and state taxes and all that bullshit. And and then so people don't understand this isn't like I can afford to pay more than than that, you know, because I hear the oh, it's a living wage. You're not paying a living wage. There's people in town paying 18, 20 dollars for people at 15 dollars an hour at, at, yeah. at a, a burger joint, you know. Right. Right. So yeah. what's the next step? And I know I think sometimes sometimes people because we are getting to the end of this, we hope um, that, that they're going to go. But 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 if. But if this, these benefits continue through September, we just lost the whole summer. And that's when a huge percentage of Oregon businesses do most, small businesses do most of their business. Right. And so for us, you know, as county commissioners, and it's unfortunate, you know, a lot of people think as county commissioners, we can tell the state and the federal governments what to do. And I wish that were the case. It's not as effective as I wish it was. Uh, but for county government, we can only do what we can do. So we are, you know, taking some of this COVID uh, money and this American Relief Act money that we're getting from the state and the federal governments and developing um, economic development packages for local businesses that have been impacted by COVID to try to help address their issues, um, which may or may not be, you know, hiring new help at a hired wage or whatever. So we're working with CCD, the county commissioners here. Uh, in Douglas County are working with CCD Business Development Corp to develop a grant program for people already in business and people who were in business during COVID uh, to, to figure out exactly what it is that they need in order to get their businesses either back to full speed or, or back alive, period, 
uh, and and we're going to implement that on a local level, and we're going to continue to push on the state where we can to try to affect change at the state level to get some help there too. Chris Jensen says, I get it that people are just staying home and taking unemployment, but there are also people who are still waiting to get a callback for their jobs. If you take away the unemployment and they can't get back to their regular jobs, uh, then what do you tell them? Well, I'll tell you what, what I experienced last week, Chris, is we had a job fair here in Roseburg. Uh, we had 38, no, I'm sorry, we had 28 businesses there um, trying to hire for 436 different positions. Those positions ranged from having needing no experience whatsoever uh, to skilled positions like welders, fabricators, um, care providers, RNs, you name it. And, and the point I'm trying to make is that there are jobs there for everybody. You know, some people may be on unemployment and they be, may be sitting at home waiting for a call but there's literally a help wanted sign in every single business's window, uh, literally or figuratively, because they're advertising other places. But there's literally help wanted signs everywhere. If someone wants to be working right there right now, there's absolutely no reason why they couldn't be. So, <clears throat> so what happens if we get into the summer and then the fall, we get a, another kick of COVID? Um, what, what, well, I'll tell you my opinion about that. Um, and let me address, finish talking about the job fair. So 438 job openings, about 150 people came to that job fair and applied. And many of those folks were placed in jobs. So uh, somebody said 10 people showed up. Uh, there was actually quite a bit more than that. It was considered a big success. We're going to do it again in July. Uh, so if anyone's looking for a job or if any employers are wanting to try to find help, uh, get with us and we'll get you plugged into the job fair in July. But back to your question, Rick, what happens when we get a second phase of COVID? So so here's my opinion about that. And unfortunately, I don't get to make all the rules. I only get to make some of them. Uh, my opinion about that is we're approaching a point in time where uh, vaccinations have been readily available for anyone who wants one. Uh, anybody who wants a vaccination and hasn't had it yet, uh, it's certainly available. We made it a goal in Douglas County uh, to to have vaccinations available. So, so get this, 95% of the people who live in Douglas County have had a vaccination available within five miles of their home. Wow. So that includes, you know, the outer reaches of Tiller and Glendale and Yonkala and Glide and Diamond Lake District and all of that. So we've made a very big push to make sure that people who wanted the vaccinations got them. Uh, and we're also at a point where uh, everyone who has wanted to get a vaccination is is going to have had, had it. And I think from that point, you just got to kind of let the chips fall where they may. You know, people that aren't going to get vaccinated aren't going to get vaccinated. And the people that are have been. And so you got to kind of just turn the world back on and, and let whatever's going to happen, happen. Right. Because <clears throat> for me, in Oregon, you can't you can't you can't segregate people based on their shots whether they're getting them or not. And that, that just doesn't make, that's just not how things should be done, in my opinion. My opinion. Sure. Uh, somebody writes in here, what about the folks who have a ton of experience have applied and no callbacks because the salary you request can't be met? Well, again, I think, you know, the, uh, the, the workforce is sort of a supply and demand thing like everything else. And if the salary that you demand can't be met, 
uh, then it's probably not a realistic salary for the workforce. I mean, right now, if a skilled if a skilled worker uh, can't get the salary that they're looking for, my guess is they may not be as skilled as they think because employers are paying uh, way more than they have been historically uh, for positions just to get people in there to do the work. That's been my experience and what I've seen. Don, Dan brings up a good question. I thought you were supposed to apply for many jobs a month to be eligible for unemployment. What happened to that rule? Yeah, so two things happened there. Number one is the, the rules around COVID sort of changed that. So that requirement wasn't necessarily active for the entire time. And number two, it's pretty easy for people. And, and this has been the story. You know, uh, businesses will accept applications. They'll even schedule interviews. And I had a guy tell me yesterday he had nine applications. He scheduled interviews for all nine people and none of them showed up. So the requirement for unemployment is that you go out and look for a job. The requirement isn't that you actually take all the steps to and fulfill them to get a job. So I think there's a fair amount of people just checking the boxes in order to keep the unemployment checks coming. Did that change or is that still in it? It's still working that way. I think that's still working that way. There was some, some news out of the state last week that I read uh, that said that they were, you know, the state was going to be so bold as to require people to, and go actually go out and look for work. And I just sort of laughed because it's, there's so many ways to circumvent the system. So, so, so yeah, you know, somebody's just commenting on the, on the vaccination thing. So yeah. Chris, so what can people do at this point? Um, the county commissioners are just, you know, asking the governor once we hit the 70%, allegedly, as you guys know, you would know more than I would on this. So when we, if we hit 70, then the, does the governor make an announcement and then say, okay, we are back open, masks off, um, except in you know hospitals, whatever. Is that, to your knowledge, is that what happens or what's the procedure? Do we get strung so out? That's, yeah, that's the way we understand it. You know, she, she said that once we hit 70% at the state level, uh, that all the restrictions were going to be off. And so that's what we're hoping for. And that's what we're planning to try to hold her accountable to. Uh, whether or not the goalpost moves between now and then is entirely up to her. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, we, we fully anticipate that uh, the state's going to get to the 70% level before Douglas County does by a long shot. So we're somewhere, I think, around the mid-50s right now, uh, even though we've made vaccinations readily available. Um, but so, so we'll just have to wait and see what the governor does with that. But if I remember correctly, in, in following the numbers, we're we're within days, if not a week away or two away from hitting that 70% mark uh, at the state level based on the current trajectory. So hopefully this nonsense is going to be over pretty soon. So I've heard from a lot of people um, that they, they hope after this happens that the legislature or political leaders in the state would go in and look at this executive power that we have allowed to take place over the last however many months yeah. and, and put some restrictions and some, 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 because as I understand it from Senator Bessie Johnson, that was designed in case there was an earthquake yeah. to last a month or two, yeah. not a pandemic that lasts 14 to 15 months. So sure. it seems to me that Oregon leaders such as yourself, and I'm just putting this on you and you know, all of us, yeah. we need to be putting pressure on to say, okay, that didn't work well. We need to go back and look at this. And this, no one, no one should have that kind of power. Yeah. And we're pushing for that, Rick. And I think that some of the Republicans, and as you mentioned, Betsy Johnson, who's a Democrat, 
Uh, we're pushing for that type of reform during this current legislative session, but uh, the Democrat majority up there in the House and Senate didn't have an appetite for it. Uh, and to be honest with you, my hope is that, uh, yeah, my hope is that, you know, redistrict, redistricting is coming up soon. And it sounds like the legislature is going to meet again in the fall uh, to tackle that issue. And I hope that that's the only issue that they tackle. But, and I also hope that they put together a bipartisan committee uh, mm -hmm. to, to do the redistricting and maybe even get it out of the legislature and get it into the, to the judges or somebody. Um, and, and I hope that the goal uh, in redistricting is to have co-governance in the state legislature. And, and we've been through uh, periods of time way back when Bruce Hanna was co-speaker of the House. You know, we had an even split between Republicans and Democrats in the House and the Senate uh, at that time. Uh, and I think that that should be the goal of the redistricting is try to get equal representation throughout the state between uh, the left and the right and also between the rural and the urban divide. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I think that that's right now our best hope. Yeah. And I think if people don't understand that, because normally um, it, it can end up with the legislature uh, deciding where the lines are drawn for the different districts for their parties. And if, if it's not done fairly, it needs to be looked at and done fairly. Like just for me, Chris, my, my district, I live in the country. And so you have Cresswell, Camp Creek, outside of Springfield, then somehow connected. You're supposed to be like people. You're supposed to be with people that are, you know, country people, city people. Mine then comes into the University of Oregon and South Eugene. Yeah. So if people yeah. don't understand what that is, that's because then it just basically placates all those votes out in the country and just lets those voters in those other districts. And there's nothing wrong. They should have a right to vote, too, but they should be drawn fairly the way that the state has said. And it hasn't been done fairly in a long, long time. And I know because I yeah. ran for Secretary of State and I know what was done. And if you go in and study those maps, there's not a person in there in that legislature that doesn't know that right now it is not fair. And that's, we should never have a super majority yeah. because we need people fighting. Comp Politics is, is compromise. Yeah. That's what it is. Idea, 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 compromise. It's not idea, punch, 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 punch. You don't get a say and you don't get represented. That's not how it's supposed to work. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. You know, the gerrymandering that goes on when they write these district boundaries, you know, voting records, not, not voting records as far as how I voted in the last election, but voter registration is public information. So they can go and look up the actual address of all the Democrat voters and all the Republican voters and draw the district boundaries so that, like you said, they take this big rural area and they reach right into a little sliver of a city uh, that, that negates all those votes. And it's, it's done that way. It's done that way on purpose. It's typically, and I'm just going to tell you, you know, whoever the party is that's in power when the redistricting happens tends to uh, be on the greedy side of trying to retain that power. And, you know, right now for a lot of years, Republicans have been on the losing side of that. Uh, but I think you're right. You know, if, if the lawmakers intents are pure, uh, the goal should be co-governance, in my opinion, and equal representation for for everybody so that we have a fair and balanced state legislature, and we currently don't right now. Right. And then if that group doesn't come up with the answer, it goes to the Secretary of State, who in this case is a Democrat, 
which is why I wanted to make it a nonpartisan position because then there's not fairness. Phil Kiesling, a Democrat, was the last Secretary of State who redrew those lines absolutely fairly. And, the, and we had, I had a show on this recently. And they, according to the folks that were on this commission, there's 18 in Portland. Here's Portland. And then they go way out, 18 areas that come all the way. They go out to the country and then come into that Portland area. So it all gets watered down with the Multnomah County, Clackamas County. And, and then it's going way out to Mount Hood and yeah. Welch. And they're tied in with Portland. So it's yeah. clear that this is done for to be unfair. And God darn it, this is not how politics in Oregon is supposed to work. It never used to work that way. Yeah. And we have to get back to that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. All right, my man, thank you for uh, for doing what you're doing. Thanks for keeping the pressure on and uh, spending a little time with me tonight. And uh, I know you got things to do, so we'll let you go. But thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. Chris Boyce, Douglas County Commissioner. All right, Rick, have a great day. And uh, tell your barber that I'd love to come see him, but I don't know if it'd do me any good. <laughs> oh, he trims beards, too. You'd be good. All right, buddy. <laughs> see you later, buddy. All right, so oh, there goes the train. So uh, that is oh, there's that is how it works. So yeah, we talked a lot about different things tonight. That was awesome. Uh, so you guys, so again, uh, two people will get a uh, $50 gift card, two $50 gift cards, two different people will win. If you write on this page in here, I'll go look at it in a couple days and pick somebody. And then you'll go to any lab test now, Eugene, uh, to pick those up. But I'll explain that to you when you're getting done. If you're looking for a haircut, Renegade Barbershop, that's my man. That's where the guy, the best hair barbers in town are, and that's where you need to go. Um, again, we have the um, Busy Bee and um, Todd's Place and El Cayman Western Wear, all looking for our help because of the break-in last night. And uh, I've got that information on there. You can find out. Go help them out. Share this on your page because Facebook is really funky with me sometimes, and they won't share it. Um, I do pay to share it, but they uh, they take away some of my little privileges because they don't like everything we talk about. Oh, well, that's the way it is. That's why I got you. You guys are my producers. So you take it, share it on your page. You never know who's going to see it. And uh, we'll go there. I need an excuse to visit my bestie. <laughs> well, don't go. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll, call me if you need more information. Um, so tomorrow night, um, I, I had prostate cancer back in 2010. And I've had a lot of calls from people lately, guys, saying, would you just go on and talk about what happened and what's going on? And, and you know, because we're curious and, and more and more people are getting diagnosed with it. So tomorrow night, New Leaf Hyperbarics, Matt is a friend of mine and I trust him. And he's going to just question me, ask questions about what I did, what it was like, what I was feeling. So it's going to be a real personal uh, kind of thing. But I think it'll be helpful for men and women. Um, women being the wives or partners of men who are dealing with prostate cancer or may end up finding out about that. And then on Thursday, we have a teacher from uh, South Lane County who's written a book and uh, she says, people don't understand why the schools aren't opening. It's not the teachers, um, it's the teachers union. And we're gonna talk to her about that. Um, some of the curriculum that's coming into schools, she's very outspoken on that. We're gonna let her speak on that as well. And it should be a really interesting show on Thursday. And then on Friday, we're going to be at the Emporium, the Benita Emporium, where um, artisans, handcrafters, makers all put their stuff out there. We haven't been out for a while. They got a new home. 
And so we're going to go out and show you what's out there. And they have the coolest stuff. This isn't stuff you find at every single fair in Eugene either. Um, really super good uh, place. And uh, you're going to love it. And that's at 6 o'clock on Friday. We'll give you a preview. And that goes on all weekend long. Radar Guide, okay, me and my son are coming to town. We both need a trim. <laughs> okay. Well, anybody in there can do a great job. Um, because Mario is really hard to get because he's booked out a lot. But you book online too. Go to Renegade Barber Company and um, and you book online. That's how you get your appointment. All right, you guys. Uh, thanks for joining me. That was a really fun show. Um, I uh, I love what I do. I love what I get to do. And I like having you guys aboard. And I appreciate the times that you guys come up. Can I ask you one question before we go? What principles do you believe in? What are the principles that you believe in? And, and then you got to find what they are and then you got to stick to those principles. Um, I, you know, my wife and I have learned through COVID that one of the, one of our principles, and it's kind of a nasty word these days, but it's freedom of speech. That's one for us. It doesn't have to be yours and you can have different principles and you have to give other people leeway for principles, but don't tell me what I can and can't say. That's one of our principles and, um, and truth. It's one of our principles. And so if you are inconsistent and if the media and the things that are coming out are inconsistent and it doesn't line up or it smells like shit, then it probably is. And that goes against my principle of truth. So you have your own principles. And I think this is a time when we all really need to figure out what those are. So yours don't have to be the same as mine. Um, you come up with your list of principles and then you, you talk about them, you, you write them down on a piece of paper so you know what they are, and then you abide by those. And here's the thing. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't have those principles. And the other thing I wanted to just say before we go too is um, words are important. And just because somebody doesn't like the meaning of a word doesn't mean they get to change it. Um, words have meanings and that meaning is what that word is. And just because it doesn't line up with current thought or cultural bullshit doesn't mean that that meaning is not there. Um, and so hang on to that because people are trying to take our words and words from people and twisting them around and moving them and, and um, you know, using them against you. Uh, I don't know if, um, if some of you heard, um, I heard that uh, uh, Chuck Schumer uh, used the R word um, in, a, in a podcast the other day. I heard it, I heard him say it. Um, I couldn't believe it, I was shocked that he said the R word. And, uh, <clears throat> but you know what? I'll, I'll tell you in all honesty, I heard the interview and I think it was a slip. Um, and, but the point is, the media is not saying anything about it. Nobody's saying it. If that was somebody else, um, and I'll just leave it at that, if that was somebody that the media didn't like or wasn't on the right team, uh, that would be top headline news. Everybody would be talking about it. And um, the fact that it came from somebody who's on the right team, I guess, um, I'm not hearing a whole lot about it in the in the uh, regular press. Now, I don't watch the regular press, but I haven't seen anything online about it. Um, I heard this on a radio interview. And um, so it so I will stand up for a humor. I would say what I heard sounded like he just slipped. It just slipped out. And that's unfortunate. Um, and it's wrong because that's very bad. That's like the N word. 
um, to people with different abilities. So that they equate it that way. But I still heard the context. My point is now give everybody else a little bit of grace to do the same thing. Okay. We got to stop stop picking on each other and picking every little word apart and every little thing that says, because then what you do is you take away our language. You take, you make oatmeal out of everything we say. You have people just looking for people to, to make a mistake and do something. And it's absolutely horrible. Um, yeah, Barry, that's the word uh, that was used um, in the interview. Um, so, yeah, and it's just not, you know, that's just not a word that we use. Um, but anyway, um, I heard the context and it didn't sound like he was trying to be a bad person and um, being flagrant about it. All right. Those are my last two points. All right. Have a good night and we'll see you here tomorrow. Who knows what else will happen? You just never know when you get real with Rick Anderson.